0: Welcome to the Premier League Forever Forest podcast.
1: And just like that, as mysteriously as he came... He was gone. Uh, Welcome to the Forever Forest podcast. Uh, Yeah, I'm feeling a bit low tonight, guys. We are recording straight off the back of the news that Steve Cooper, the miracle man, has left Nottingham Forest. Um, I'm not jovial. I'm not jovial at all. But hopefully a few of our fellow contributors might help pick up my spirits. Uh, I'm joined tonight. Firstly, Holly Royal. How are we, Holly?
2: Numb, mate. Numb. Um, inevitable, but yeah, still still trying to process the news, to be honest.
1: So we've got numb. And we're going to have to run through all the adjectives. Lisa,
0: describe the feeling. <laughs> gutted, mate. Absolutely gutted. It's one of those where you know it's coming, but it doesn't make it hurt any less.
1: Indeed, indeed. Harple, good to have you back. Sad given the circumstances. How are you?
3: I'm glad he's gone. Now I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. Frick. Oh, yeah, devastated, <laughs> man. Absolutely gutted. Um, how do I? Yeah, it's just sad, isn't it? Bloody hell.
1: It's very sad. I was about to send you to a rather different podcast for a minute, though, mate. Yeah, I mean, someone
3: I mean, some had to debate <laughs> up a little bit.
1: Yeah, there's some some lads who you might fit in with, although they've changed their tune uh, in the last couple of hours, (laughs) I'll just point out. Uh, We also have Dan, the man, joining us from NYC. Uh, Does the feeling extend over the pond, mate?
4: Yeah, as your parents said, not angry. I'm just disappointed.
1: Oh, grim, isn't it? That's the worst feeling. Absolutely horrible. Um, Look, one win in 13 feels like we've been chatting about this for ages. I know that most of us on this uh, on this podcast have tried to be as respectful as we can. And I think we are on our social channels as well. Largely not joining in the massive pylon, which was trying to talk Steve out of a job that he hadn't left us yet. Uh, not necessarily uh, talking anyone into the job either. But it has felt pretty inevitable. I just want to go back to Spurs on Friday night, though. Of all the games for him to lose his job on, was that one that deserved a sacking? Lisa, what what do you make of the game?
0: Um, it it was a very similar performance to the uh, the two 0 defeat that we had last season. Um, in the fact that it, there was a few positives. Um, but they just had one or two things that were that were better and. Ultimately, we, we can't hit a barn door at the moment, and uh, nothing I, I don't even think changing the manager is going to make that any, any better. If it does, I will be really surprised, but I guarantee it'll be one nil to us on Saturday, and Sangari will pop up with a bloody winner.
1: Yeah, I, I think I predicted uh, similar. Uh, Dan, did you bother watching the match on Friday night, mate?
4: No. simple answer I could I could (laughs) pretend Um, no I don't don't, know timing didn't work out with work and stuff but from um, I caught up on it but um, realistically yeah I'm not I'm not I think it was kind of a a foregone conclusion by that point right it just felt a bit sad to be honest um, uh, that it was kind of I don't want to mean a lack of dignity on Steve Cooper's part he did everything he was supposed to do but it's almost all this stuff rumbling on in the background that game just kind of felt as though he was no longer in charge of the team to a degree anyway and things were just playing out.
1: It's super weird, though, because on paper, I don't think anyone would really be surprised that a Spurs team that are absolutely flying under Ange Postacoglu would beat a, a team that is bottom half of the Premier League, flirting around the edges of the, uh, the, the drop zone. It, it didn't seem like a sacking... Result to me, but yeah, maybe they've they've just been waiting to to get a new guy who finally said yes. It, Holly, were there any signs of life at all from Forrest on Friday?
2: I don't know what what more we could have done. Excuse me. Um, you know, we battled, we huffed and puffed, we got in their faces, but ultimately, I would say we pretty much player for player gave pretty much hundred percent. I would say, but that's not enough, is it? And he got. out of those players and he now needs to get well he's gone sorry I was going to say he doesn't obviously he's gone we need to get 100% out of those players and all those millions that are on the bench um and obviously we'll come on to you know who is the guy to do that but I couldn't have asked for more I thought it was a spirited performance again it looked like they were playing for their manager um but didn't expect anything more than that to be honest against Spurs um a bit disappointed that we didn't try and capitalise on the 10 men. Maybe we should have got in their faces a bit earlier, had a little bit more time to kind of make up that deficit. Um, but I think as soon as that goal went in just before half-time, the writing was on the wall for me. I just couldn't see his scoring. So it was really disappointing in that respect. But um, it's a shame because it, it had a nice atmosphere about the game. I think a lot of anticipation. Um, the crowd was fantastic. Um, so yeah disappointing, but I can't really fault them for the performance because I thought they did really well. That was the first time in a
1: while that I think the atmosphere has been as strong as it was inside the stadium. And I don't know whether that's because the crowd knew what was riding on the game. But now, in reflection, I I don't even know if we'd snuck a 1-0, whether it even would have glossed over it. It it, it seems like the decision was coming regardless. Um, If it was the result, I I maybe would have expected him to have gone straight after, but the fact that it's been a few days, we're gonna have a new man on a Wednesday to lead us out on a Saturday. It would appear we've just been waiting for someone to say yes um to this job. Uh Harpo, I know you weren't weren't at the game, mate. You um uh, pulled yourself off your well off off the sofa to uh, go out for it for a meal, I believe. Was that the right call in the end?
3: Uh maybe. Now looking back, I mean I sort of wish I had gone, but I was also very ill. So um, yeah, I just managed to barely make it to the meal. But yeah, I sort of wish I'd made it now, knowing what we know now. But I agree with everyone else. It sort of felt like we probably knew it was coming. Um, just because we all just dragged on for a while. Um, but I think I was saying to you earlier, is like I described how I feel now is sort of <clears throat> with the whole Marinakis and Cooper not getting on. I feel like my parents have had a fight, had an argument and they're divorced. And now I'm left with the parent that I like the least. I'm, and the parent <laughs> I like the most has moved away. That's how it feels right now. I sort of feel like I've been abandoned a little bit.
1: Yeah, you, you've stuck with the one that's going to buy your school shoes when you'd rather go with yeah, the... But I've got no right choice.
3: Now. Yeah, yeah, I've got no choice. Like, they'll feed <laughs> me clothing, but I've got no choice this yet. So I'm like seven or eight in this scenario. I've got no real, yeah.
1: Uh, do you know what's weird? It's been the longest time since I've really felt like this about a manager. Uh, I, what was the, the last time I was really taken aback by a manager leaving and probably wasn't anywhere near to this gutted. But, you know, maybe a little surprised was was when we sat Billy in favour of Steve McLaren. Um, and that was ultimately an owner who'd had enough of a manager's shenanigans despite overwhelming success. I don't think there's really a parallel to be drawn uh between between those two managers. Uh, When's it gone wrong for coop then? Because I, I open it up to the floor. Like what what more could he really have done given the ridiculously high turnover? He's gone from taking a team on the edge of the relegation places in the Championship up to the Premier League. He's kept them there. And, yeah, it's been an underwhelming start, but, you know, was, was there really no signs of hope? Harpo, you were, you were trying to get my attention there, mate. What, what do you think?
3: I've, like, I think you can sum it up into two distinct phases with Steve Cooper, really. It's like that first Championship season was the... We probably should have done that well. That was the first phase. And then this second phase has been we probably should have done a little bit better. That's And they're that like, the two phases that we are in. And there's only so long that that can really drag on for, that we should, probably should have done better, which is why I sort of understand it from a certain point of view. But I think it's like the success side of the amount of like, that he just gave us the club back and all these moments to enjoy. And I think that's the main thing is like, is the moments we had so many over such a short amount of time, that that's why it felt so incredible. That's why we we'll all have this link for so like forever is because the moments before were so spread apart; they were every sort of five, six years, whereas this was every sort of week. Felt like an event. It felt like a moment. Um, and I think that's what I'll probably be sad about because that's probably what's going to go. That's probably the main thing that's going to leave is that the regularity of the the event of going to Forest, the moments of being Forest. I might be wrong, but yeah, that's the immediate like sort of feeling that I've got.
1: Sound very resigned to to that fate. Um, Ludo Lisa... out. <laughs> may I mean the revolving door is back it's being installed as we speak, so uh I don't know whether they'll uh, they'll put an automatic stop on it or not, but we'll we'll see what happens uh Lisa, what's the moment for you? Where do you think it it went wrong for coops?
0: Highways injury. Um, ultimately goals win your matches and when you're not scoring and your back's against it and you're playing low block football as it is um, it's never going to be pretty and ultimately Taiwo getting injured um, hasn't helped at all and I I know that I think the Luton game was the pivotal um, nail in the coffin if you like where the three substitutions he made really didn't work and I'm not scapegoating any player, but the players should have and could have done better. Um, I'm still a little bit, can't get my head around what happened at Fulham in comparison to how we played against Villa three weeks earlier. Um, And I I just, you know, the the comparison of that midfield three just was the same. And it it was night and day in terms of how we performed that night um, against how we performed at Villa. so I, I don't think the players come out of this completely blameless, but it all the, the book always stops with the manager and he chooses his team, he chooses his formation, he chooses the tactics. Whether they are then implemented by the 11 players on the pitch remains to be seen, um, but you're looking at a sort of C C minus, aren't you, when I could try harder.
1: Yeah, indeed. Dan, do you agree with that? Is that when the rot set in, that Luton game? Would you go further back?
4: Yeah, I'd go, well, I think this season, yeah, for sure. I think there's a couple of things, though, and I think it's it's obvious to kind of look at it from a game perspective, but I think there's two things that have kind of spiralled. One is just the ridiculous nature of the spending. The first year we got into the Premier League, I know people will justify it time and time again, but he did well in the championship from the September, I think it was, end of September through to January with no signings and turned the club around from Hewton's time, admittedly in the championship but that shows what a coach can do with the same players and then beyond them we just brought a few in like Surridge and Davis and a couple of names that escaped me um, to finish that season off we then went and bought 20 odd players then we did the same in January then we did the same this summer and I just don't think that was the right thing for the manager, you can argue well okay different manager and that Tactical, whatever, but there was just a complete mismatch between the ownership and the management, football management, in terms of how we approach the Premier League. And it's never really been stable, let's be honest. From that Leicester game, it's been up, down, up, down, a few good results, saving our season, then doing okay, then having a few bad results. We've never been stable in the Premier League for longer than a month with consistently good performances and results, and we've never been able to put a consistent team out. So, it's kind of been, the writing's been on the wall for a long, long time. And when you're not getting results either and you're going down towards the bottom of the league, then it's obviously going to be the time to do it. Plus the um, fact that Mendes is uh, obviously just helped us or Maranakis is by a team in Portugal as well. So I think that happened on the 23rd of November. So I would say that was the true date at which this was expected.
1: Mm, You're a cynical man, Daniel. A cynical man. Um, Holly, any any other moments you might throw into that mix? So we've got Tiwo's injury being key. Uh, the the Luton result, the recruitment that that Steve had to endure, I, I guess that's kind of been thrust upon him. Uh, are there any moments that would, hand on heart, his fault?
2: That's a good question. I mean, you would target the Luton game. And the the changes that he made, I think the chopping and changing didn't help. The fact that we haven't got a secure number one in goal, the fact we haven't got a secure spine of the team, um, I think that's where you build build your team from, and we haven't had that. It's chopping and changing every single every single game, every single week, um, and I dare say that maybe his lack of experience just found him out in the end. You know, I think he he had to think on his feet more than any manager we've had recently in the fact that, you know, he was doing unprecedented things. Um, it was phenomenal that he got us there in the first place. It was phenomenal that he managed to keep us up. And there was all these twists and turns and and changes and everything that he had to deal with. And he dealt with it really well. But I think every manager has their limits. Every every manager has their limitations. And I think, uh, unfortunately, he was just found out in the end. And I think all that experience that he's going to take from the time with us... going to take into another regime and it's going to be for their benefit and that's what makes me really sad um i think he's going to do really well in his next job he's going to have you know a fresh a clean slate um obviously i can't speak for what was going on behind the scenes we don't really know uh we can only guess but um you know he'll take some time off or maybe he won't maybe he'll go straight into a job i mean there's talk of the palace job isn't there but um I think he's going to take a lot from the experience of Forrest and it's only going to make him stronger to our detriment. So in that, in that sort of scenario, I'm, I'm I'm a bit sad that he's gone because I possibly would have given a little bit longer, but it's results, a results business, it's Premier League, you know, and a call had to be made, didn't it? I mean, this ridiculous limbo that we've been in for however long the last few weeks has just not been any any good for us. So, yeah, um, I can't really pinpoint other than that a particular result i mean it's been so bizarre hasn't it you know like you say from the from the villa result even when we played brighton and we did really really well uh there was you know some green shoots there to then have that absolutely catastrophic night in fulham where it literally lo- looked like he'd lost the entire dressing room i mean very strange um and something i uh, maybe we'll find out in due course what actually really happened but i don't know i couldn't hazard a guess at this point really
1: yeah, it has been death by a thousand cuts, I think. There's uh, a lot of things that have sort of factored into this. But you know what? Let's forget the pain for a moment, guys, because it's better to have loved and lost than it was to never love at all. Uh, we've had some amazing highs on this roller coaster ride with Steve Cooper. Um, my, my personal favourite is it, it's still that night at Bristol. And I know that there's plenty of other candidates, but that night at Bristol was the moment that I started to believe in my club again. And there was just something about everything that clicked. The fans were back on board. We got a performance out of Lyle Taylor. Uh, it was just a, a cracking night. And I I stopped looking up the table in vain hope and actually started to do you know what yeah we can do this we we, we could really no no one can stop us we're, we're, we're winning games uh at the death at this point that is what good teams do not necessarily when they've been the best team but they just find a result for me that is the moment where I believed again and I and I fell in love with football and do you know what maybe it doesn't compare to the euphoria of Wembley or the actual euphoria of uh, the, the Arsenal game last year where things were finally confirmed. But that was it for me. I, I, any Anyone else got a, a favourite Cooper moment? Go on, Dan.
4: Um, I'm going to pick a random one, which is, is more personal than anything else. But I was over, because I don't get over to that many games. I was over for a week and I brought my son over and it was his first games. And we played three home games in a week, which is kind of unprecedented. We played Reading at home and beat them 4-0 and we scored after 17 seconds. And that was my, at the time, six-year-old son's first ever game. There's not many Forest fans that go to their first ever game. One, expecting to win and two, winning from the 17th minute onward. And then we went to the QPR game midweek and we were 1-0 down. I think Horvath let one in at his near post maybe. And and then we went and scored three, and Jed Spence absolutely banged one in from a uh, outside the box, I think, from a from a second ball from a corner. And then the following weekend was the game that we lost, but it was to Liverpool in the FA Cup, and it was just unbelievable football. Three games, two wins in the league, playing Liverpool in the FA Cup, taking my son to his first game, and just being like, "Well, this is what actual good football is about." I don't care what league we're in; we're playing teams who are reasonable, and we're beating them or take you know taking someone like Liverpool pretty close. Um, so that was like the best week of football I've had in probably 20 years, at least.
1: Yeah, a US men's national team goalkeeper letting one in on, on the near post and Forrest coming back from it seems like a bit of a distant memory. I'm not shocked that you're treasuring that one, to be honest, Dan. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's go around the circle, guys. I feel like this is a, it's a bit of a group sharing moment. What's what? everyone else? Go on, Arple.
3: Um, So obviously outside the big ones, like Wembley, all that sort of stuff, Um I think the moment for me where I was like, "Oh my God, we're we're so back!" was um, Leicester in the cup when we beat them four um, one. That was the day that I put money on us to get promoted because um, at the game, someone lit a flare. We were winning, and I was literally just like, "Breathe it in. That is a smell of promotion." I was like, I couldn't remember a flare being lit for a very long time in a block, but I remember it so clearly, and I was like, "Get get the money on. It's happening." Um, and then also, um, a big one for me, which was just because of the memory of it, was the Sheffield United away, the one-all draw, with um, the Yates header in the final like second. Because um, I remember being at the game with my cousin. We're not religious at all, really. But he was stood next to me praying to God. And God turned up in the form of Ryan Yates and that header. Um, and yeah, it was just great. It was just that, one of those moments where the guy in front of me stood on his chair and then dived forward five rows, um, there was just absolute limbs everywhere, and it was it was just part of that for me was that whole sort of that whole ride. It was just incredible, and it's it's all summed up in that moment for me. And I think that's probably the, the clearest memory that I'll have of Cooper was that whole that run, that insane run of just being the best team in England because we were really, weren't
1: we? Uh, still are, mate. Still are. When did your cousin stop praying? Like, because I feel like we've got another factor to blame the sacking on there.
3: Oh no, he was pretty soon after because we were too busy celebrating. So we didn't even say thank you. He just like started celebrating, he would say thank you to the big man. It's just
1: sort it um, out, guys. Sort it out. Plenty of other religions available as well, guys. Uh Lisa, top of the pile. What, what was your pooper moment?
0: Uh, well, there's two there's a uh, two or three that are kind of top of the pile. I think the the first one, the, the most poignant one for me, um in, is when he first came out um, in his first game against Millwall and Muller of Kintyre starts around the ground and you just saw him kind of take a little look and a, that little moment to take it in and he knew the nature of the job that he'd taken on. He knew the history of the club and he just got it and from that moment, you kind of had that little bit of belief um we played barnsley at the end of september one of our bogey sides we <laughs> that game i looked at the, the results and was like how how are we doing this how are we actually beating barnsley away this doesn't happen um similarly to Harpal uh, and saying about you know believing that we were going to get promoted same as dan we believing we were going to get promoted i booked our hotel uh for wembley in february of that season i i had that much confidence of the fact that we were going up um and it would always be via the playoffs. And the, the big moment for me was Fulham away that season, where there was the police cordon in front of the away fans, and Cooper just moved his moved them aside and came in front of them to salute the fans. And for him, it's always been about being humble and and the humility from him that he appreciated where we were and what we'd been through and that we were all in it together and that he united us back as a club where we've had so much um, negativity and mentalness from the owners to managers to sackings and people coming in and only lasting five minutes and the dross of League League One uh, along the way to actually be leaving in the club again and putting Nottingham Forest back on the map and taking us back to somewhere that we hadn't been for a very long time. And last season was mental. The away days were mental. Um, Arsenal last season, ridiculous. The vibe pre-game. There are so many memories that Hoop's got us believing in and he, he he will go down as a legend regardless. And and it is sad that it's over, but it is what it is.
1: Yeah, he stopped short of ever wearing a green jumper, but I'm still gutted he never actually tried to walk across the tramp. Uh Holly, what was your favourite moment with him?
2: Oh, where do you start? There's so many, isn't there? I think one that I'll always remember, and it just kind of reinforces the fact of how emotionally intelligent he is and his attention to detail. So the interview straight after the uh, Sheffield United playoff um semi-final with Colin Frey. Um, and Colin Frey asks him what it means. And he immediately turns it on Colin and says, well, how, what does it mean to you, Colin? You're going to be um, commentating on Forrest at Wembley because he knew what that would mean to him. And it was just, oh, I remember actually having a real intake of breath listening to We were listening to it, obviously, in euphoria in the car home back up to London um, after that incredible semi-final. And it was just like, he just gets it. Every, just these little tiny nuanced things he just got and it was just it just warmed your heart and that was something that really stood out for me um and I was going to mention Fulham again um like Lisa mentioned um when he nearly sparked out a policeman um but again it was just that connection wasn't it with the fans that he just didn't care in that moment he just got he just understood um and I mean all the millions of fist pumps that he managed to do in his time I mean I'm going to miss them I'm feeling quite sad about that to be honest but yeah
1: Fist pumps in the stadium on what minute are we going with? <laughs> 23rd minute? <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. Right, well, we'll we'll wrap this bit up. But before I do, uh, Papenosity and Function, who I owe a, a massive apology to for having rudely ignored uh, one of his limericks the other week, uh, has written one on this dark day. And I think it probably uh, r- wraps this little... Thread of content up quite neatly. So after 34 appointments in 30, Forrest answered PTSD. Then Steve Cooper came along. For a while, he could do no wrong. Thank you for the opportunity to dream. Uh, pretty much spot on there, really, Caponocity and Function. So uh, Tar for sending us that one in. Right. We haven't had it officially confirmed, but it, it's as good as Fabrizio Romano has said it. Um, Percy said it. David Ornstein said it. So Nuno Espirito Santo is set to be announced as the new Nottingham Forest manager. I'm kind of nonplussed. Like I said, it feels a bit like the only person who has maybe said yes to the job. Now, what I will give him credit for is he has had a look at our squad and gone, you know what? I think I can get a tune out of it where pretty much no one else has apparently. Uh, So I'll give him... A tick in the box of being enthusiastic and ambitious from the off. So that gives me a little bit of hope as a starting point. But realistically, what do we expect? And are we just banking on a new manager bounce, taking us away from the relegation zone and just giving us a bit more of a cushion? Dan, any thoughts initially on Nuno?
4: Um, I'm going to try and look on the positive side, which is he has got experience, of course, in the in the uh, English game. So it's not like we've had in the past when you know in the championship we brought Montagnier in, or or um, I hesitate to say Lamucci because he obviously he he did quite a good job, but um, he's obviously well known. I think a lot of people are thinking, well, you know, looking at his Tottenham record, talking up his defensive style of football. Um, but if nothing else. Um, I've kind of just had enough with all this nonsense in terms of like the misalignment between owners, managers, recruitment, all of that. If this means that we've got an owner who's, you know, on board with an agent and that agent's bringing in his managers and going to bring in his players, then at least there might be some alignment and then we can just get on with it and it either works or it doesn't work. So hopefully there'll be a bit less drama, a bit less soap opera, fingers crossed. Um, and there is some foundation to give a manager a real chance of actually doing the best job they can do in the situation they're in. So that's what I'm hanging on to. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in the X's and O's of his tactical side of things, but um, you know, maybe we've got a decent enough squad in terms of what we've spent on it, so maybe someone can get a different tune out of it, like you say, than that that Cooper was able to.
1: Well, we live in hope. Uh, I think... Nuno, if you ask Wolves fans, he is still very much uh, thought of very fondly. Perhaps he was there, Cooper, got them out of the league, took them up. He He had a better run of it in the Premier League than Cooper did in his first season, got them into Europe, Uh, didn't go quite as well at Spurs, has to be said. And then I'm not really sure what went wrong at Al Itiad. I'm not following the Saudi league. It it doesn't really matter to me. it's just dropping random players, just football manager over there, basically. Um, Lisa, are you enamoured with this imminent
0: appointment? I think it's a bit of a strange one because his name was bandied around after Leicester last year that it was a potential. And part of me feels like this sacking has been coming for a very long time and it's just been waiting for the right person to say yes or for the fans to become resentful enough to um, make... to allow the club to to or the owners to make this happen um but ultimately we are Nottingham Forest we are not Mr Steve Cooper Nottingham Forest we are a club that has seen our managers over the years come and go um we've seen lots of highs we've seen lots of lows um and we have to get behind him you know Coops has left us in a position with decent players, we are five points clear of relegation. Um, if we get the Wolves, San, uh, Santos, then brilliant. You know, the, every fan I, I know two or three fans, and and they absolutely adore him. I think you're right. I think he is their Cooper. Um, and even with um, his results at Spurs not going the, the way that um, they would have liked, he, he still had a pretty good percentage win rate. So. On that basis, um, let's hope he can get the tune out of some of the players that haven't been performing.
1: Purple, your Nuno Espirito Santo. What are you doing day one?
3: Bloody hell! What a question. Um, do you know what? I, I generally I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do if I was him. I wouldn't know if you go to the players' first, what you say to him. If you go talk to Marinaca, say something to him. What like? What is my job? I would say to him, "What do you want from me?" Like straight up, because it's going to change in two weeks' time if he starts losing games. So um it doesn't. I don't know. I really don't know. He's got to. Well, what, some, I mean, players have got you, to turn up. and They've got to show him what what they're about. All that sort of stuff. But
1: I'm I'm half expecting the three four three that he played at, at Wolves fairly regularly to, to make... Come
3: in. Their brand of football, their brand of football that got them promoted was actually pretty decent. I remember it being quite exciting to watch. And they managed to maintain some of that when they went up. But is
1: that the brand of football, or is that Diogo Jota and Ruben Neves?
3: Maybe, maybe it was. Maybe it was the players that suited his system perfectly, but maybe he sees that in what we've got. Um, so I really don't know what to expect from him, to be honest. Um, it could it could last four months, like it did at Spurs or whatever it was there, it could last a couple of years. But it was one of those things that I think before when we were replacing managers, it was quite the novelty that we'd replaced them within half an hour. That was like, oh, we're going to do that thing. So we'll get rid of one in half an hour. We'll know who our next manager is. But with this one, it sort of feels like I need just need time. I need like no talk. I need sort of time to get over it, process it, and then be like, okay, great. It's just going to be very weird to go on Saturday and this is going to be someone else in the dugout. do not matter who it is, it's just going to be weird.
1: Hell of a beard though. Hell of a beard to have on that side. Yeah, Steve Cooper basically.
3: could never. Yeah, good looking man. So insane.
1: <laughs> right. Well, in terms of bits that we need to solve, January's coming up. The lack of striker, we mentioned it before, that's still going to continue to be a, a major problem. Do we expect anything significant to change in the squad again? And again, the the super agent links are there. Dan, you you've already touched on that. <laughs> if you had to put money on it, how many in and out do you reckon?
4: Uh, it it all comes down to the money I guess and and ultimately it doesn't sound like we're going to have a lot to spend um, if we're you know with all FFP and everything it's you know it's complete speculation but there's now two clubs that we can use as we've kind of used Olympiacos to funnel things around Um, so uh, maybe it's going to be a lot of Mendes players from Rio Ave or you know, elsewhere or through there or on loan or maybe sending some players there on loan to free up space in the squad. So I think there'll be a lot of activity. Um, I don't think it's going to be like the activity of bringing in another £20 million striker and a £40 million midfielder. I think that might be us done for the season with Sangare and others. But um, I think there's going to be some tinkering for sure. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see like four or five new faces in the starting eleven by the time we get to February, which I'm not necessarily saying is a good thing given the churn we've had. Um, I'm just interested to see what a new manager makes of the likes of Dominguez and Sangare and others and what the clean slate means for everybody. Because, you know, we've got a break coming up, I think, in January, right? After the three or four games. So he will basically have had three or four games to see players. And then he'll have three weeks or so to kind of think about what comes next. And the team could look very different, even if we just keep the players we've got today. Because we've got so bloody many of them. Um, we could easily put another 11 out and you could argue it's just as good as the 11 that we put, played against Spurs.
1: Indeed. Lisa, do we need, what do we need more? A number nine or a number one?
0: It's going to be interesting. It just depends how long Tyra is going to be out for um, and how much of this treasure chest there is to spend. I, I have a feeling that we're going to have to sell to be able to buy um, and... Generally, our our dealings in January um, worked worked best when they were done early and not late. Um, so it will be interesting to see how much money he is given. Um, and I, but I do feel like there are going to be people that need to be shipped out before we sign anybody of note. And it's always hard to get a decent striker in January. Um, it'll probably be even harder to get a keeper. But although saying that. Um, if we can get someone on the Kayla Navas uh, experience, I wouldn't be uh, averse to that.
1: Apple nine or one.
3: Get Jordan Smith back. It's all gone wrong since he left. I did some you know thinking. What?
1: That's interesting. That I you. I'm wrong. wrong. I, I he can't. was the blue
3: that held that goalkeeper unit together. Right. <laughs> I did some thinking. Now he's gone. It's all gone wrong. They can't save the ball no more. That wasn't that was very good English from me then, sorry. But that's about it. Um,
1: so, right. Very, very quickly then before we move on to a quick quiz. Dan, what's the score at the weekend? You've been on a roll.
4: Yeah, unfortunately, I've been on a roll. Um, I, these things never resolve themselves properly. Everyone will still think they're right, uh, whether they think Cooper should have been sacked or not. So it's going to be a draw because then everyone can still have their own viewpoint and say, told you so.
1: Point piece for Dan. Lisa, what's the score going to be?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, my, my gut earlier was 3-1 Bournemouth, and I think I'm still going to go with that.
1: Depressing. On Bad time for that. Fair enough. Okay. Harple, score.
3: I'm going to
1: win 4-2. 4-2. Ambitious. Are you drunk? Holly, what's the score going to be?
2: On Saturday, 1-1. 1-1.
1: OK, so we've got two going for a point i'm going to join dan and holly and say it's going to be a point right before we wrap up guys i've got a quick little quiz for you all right so uh, just buzz in if you uh, if you think you know the answer who was the only man other than frank clark to keep forest in the premier league after taking them up steve okay. uh <laughs> i've got it right steve cooper uh only forest manager to reach a league cup semi final in the 21st century that'd be cooper that was steve cooper yeah it was only forest manager to never lose a playoff semi final steve it was steve cooper guys only forest manager to have also won the fifa under 17 world cup Ooh. that welsh fella uh, it was that welsh fella but i'm going to have to push you for a name
0: steve somebody name's on the tip of my
3: tongue oh how quickly people forget eh
1: <laughs> steve cooper right last one only forest manager to last more than two years since Maranakis took over the club Read My uh, all,
4: all my text conversations say Steve Copper So we'll uh, go with Copper.
1: it is Steve Copper <laughs> indeed right no winners in the quiz very much fitting for the night that's the podcast Steve it's been emotional <laughs>